Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Pop the top on the old jacuzzi A rain or sunshine, we're not too choosy Daytime, nighttime, we're always home When you drop on by on your mobile phone To hot tub beers Amber's, ales, and lagers Hot tub beers Slip on in Tasting micro brews from Texas towns, stouts and pilsners, boxing weeds, having hot tub beers, just my friends and me. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers, guys. So we're in the hot tub today, kind of in a, definitely, this is a Texas winter type of day. I think the hot day is going to be 80. Hell yeah. Uh, and we are in the hot tub. What did you What did you put the temperature up to, Jake, when you went uh, over there? 94. 94. I would have gone higher, but I didn't want to sweat y'all out. I it's, love it's okay. the hot water. It's okay. I don't mind. So it's, uh, we, we also have special guests in the hot tub, Jonathan Shannon of Patience Brewing. What's up? So this is going to be a fun episode. So I had this idea of uh, this is the Lenten season. Um, I've been kind of like trying these Belgian beers lately and just kind of had this idea like, all right, let's talk about Trappist Ales, why they're Trappist Ales, why they're tied to the Lenten season. Um, and I'm going to go hats off at Jake. He really came through with some cool shit for this episode. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. As soon as you said, hey, I want to do a Trappist episode, I was like, let me make some phone calls. And it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So this is going to be, this is not going to be one of these like local hole-in-the-wall microbrews type of deal. This is a... It is definitely a microbrew, but this is complete opposite end of the spectrum. This is old school. This is going back to the roots, right? So part of what what kind of wanted me to do this episode, this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. Marks the beginning of Lent uh, in the season. So uh, me and my family were Catholic, and so we were in Mass on Ash Wednesday, and you know, this it's it's part of this season where it's supposed to represent these forty days before Easter, right? And the forty days that Christ spent out in the desert contemplating what's going on before he was to be crucified on the cross. And it becomes this season of sacrifice for not just Catholics but for other Christians as well to kind of recenter, to kind of give up what's standing between them and and uh, getting to know God better, kind of recenter their lives, and become better human beings, essentially. So, actually, I had a question. You mentioned that earlier, okay, right? Okay, go for uh, it. As a non-Catholic here, it's uh, it's always interesting to hear more. Yeah. Um, but you talk about recentering and being closer to God. Does that mean uh, for Catholics, it's better to die closer to Easter as long as it's after? <laughs> like, is that like is there like prime season? Like, you hey, know, I don't mid know. to late April. Like, don't die before that. That's mid to late funny. April. I, I, you know, I, I've never seen a calendar uh, <laughs> that, that tells you when it's best to die. Is there a lot um, of funerals in April and May? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, that would be an interesting uh, dynamic to look for. Right, because you can't really, like, you can't plan death. I mean, I guess you could. You could, yeah. Yeah, but then in, in, in Catholicism, if you, if you planned your own death and you, uh, you took your own life, 
That's that didn't work. But is euthanasia taking your own life? Somebody's taking it for you. You're just willingly letting it go. Oh, so where do we Lord. stand on that? Here we go down hot tub controversy. <laughs> so anyways, I want euthanasia. to introduce Jonathan Shannon back in the hot tub. Uh, <laughs> yes, Pace's please. Brewing. Uh, when we talked about doing a Trappist episode, he was the first person I had in mind. So if you listen to the previous episodes, where Jonathan Shannon really kind of got a lot of foundation and start to the community uh, into beer was trading beer and sharing beer and some of the big names he dropped out was Cantillon and uh, Three Fontaine and all that stuff but why why are you the the expert today? Uh, I've just been in the craft <laughs> yeah. beer for a long time. Take that. Um, and, and brewing I mean I, you study like the the history of different beers and where they came from and stuff like that but uh, I mean thanks for having me on here today. I appreciate you you know calling me up. When you Hell said yeah. Westie, I said, "Yep, <laughs> yeah, I'm here." If you um, know, if you know what a West Lettern is, and somebody says, "Hey, do you want to drink this?" You you pretty much drop everything. Like you, you even drop Lint. Oh, <laughs> yeah. son of a gun! Well, it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, when I was trading beer, uh, a lot like you'd see the ratings of beer, and the, always like the number one beer in the world, rated number one beer in the world, was the West Lettern, and hundred uh, percent. And I was just like, I've got to get a hold of this beer, you know. You know, I have to say this is, um, and we don't have it here today, but the best beer I've ever had in my life uh-huh. was a West Lettern. Really? It was the six, the blonde, had this, gosh. Oh, is that the one you talked about with uh, Honey Boy Nelson when he was in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is, without a doubt, the best beer that has ever touched my lips. And this was before I, I, I truly understood West Fletcher. Okay. This was before, like, I knew enough about beer. I understood beer, but that flavor stuck with me. And so we had it, and it blew my freaking mind, absolutely just floored with it. Well, then John found one in the back of his fridge back in, like, 2000, I want to say, like, 17, 18, somewhere like that. Uh-huh. You know how our fridges go. There's always one that gets left behind. Yes. And uh, he ended up finding one, and we are like, oh, man, it's so old. It's a blonde. It probably didn't hold up all the way. So we went ahead and cracked it just as good as day one and still the best wow. beer that has ever touched my lips. Wow. And so today we have two other styles or two other beers from them. We don't have the original six that I okay. wish we really had because they got drank, uh, but we do have eight and 12. So Nice. Nice. Hey, so when we're, we're tying beer, we, we've talked about, you know, you know, Catholicism and Christianity going through the season of Lent. We're tying beer into this episode, right? I think some more conservative Christians don't really tie beer along with being a Christian. Uh, Catholics, we do. I was about to say, that's um, some pretty age, new age Christian. It, it is, it is kind of like, yeah, the, the, the Christian friend that uh, he won't drink at the bar with you, but if you take him home. Oh, you mean Baptist? Oh, those guys. You know guys. what they say, you know, <laughs> never take one Baptist fishing because they'll drink all your beer. Always take two because they won't touch any. Mm, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> but this, the, 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 uh, the style of beer that we're, we're drinking today uh, started out as uh, this, this style of beer to kind of sustain them while they're fasting. Because part of Lent is fasting um, in order to kind of sacrifice something in order to make that, the, the sacrifice that Christ made forefront in your mind. So these beers were super high caloric beers, uh, but not always super high alcohol content. It was 7% and above, which I guess that ain't light, right? But they're supposed to be filling. They're supposed to be able to sustain you um, while you're going through this season. Now, these beers have taken different turns, and they don't solely serve that purpose anymore. And I want to talk about that as well. But the one that we have in our hands right now is from West Mall. This is a Belgian Trappist beer. 
Correct. And okay. so there's 14 Trappist uh, monasteries across... Yes, Trappist breweries specifically is what we're talking about. Okay. 14 Trappist breweries across the world. The majority of them all are in Belgium right now, but it all started back in France. France, uh, La Trappe was the original one who started the entire endeavor. Uh, but with, what was it, uh, the French Revolution and World War II, a lot of those uh, monasteries were burned down. Uh, and so we lost a lot of our French Trappists, but through the years we have expanded. And I guess West Mall is currently the oldest still operating. I think Jonathan knows more about that. Yeah. So in France, I guess one of the oldest ones uh, that that's recorded anyways is from the 1680s. Um, oh wow! And so it, go, it goes far back, and I think it, it goes to show a lot of a lot of these breweries. Like this one's from like uh, the mid eighteen hundreds, and these breweries have been around for a long time. Yeah. And the fourteen that are still that still exist today uh, have you know they, their origins are from like eight. This one's from eighteen thirty eight, I believe. Wow. Was small, so it's wow. old. The brewery, they, they not know the what beer. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. The brewery. Yeah. And so this is a Belgian triple style. Triple Trapel. How do you say it, Jonathan? You're going to be the Trapel. Trapel. I mean, it just sounds fancier that it way. It does sound fancier. Well, I, I I'm going to have to agree with Jonathan here on the Trapel because uh, you got triple IPAs, and when you say triple, most people think it's a triple IPA yes, because we're in yes, America. Yes, yes. So I I make sure people know the distinction is a Trapel and a Dubel. Like, no. yes, it's a triple double, but like let's let's make the distinction. It's like the difference between football and football. Yeah. <laughs> so if they I'm, taste a little different. If I'm drinking a Trapel, what what should I be tasting? What flavor should be coming off? I like to describe a lot of the Trapels that I've had. Um, actually, a lot of Trappist beers. They all have... Uh, have you ever, like, chewed... Like, you, those wax things, like the wax lips that have the juice in them? Mm-hmm. And you chew on that? It's got that kind of clean, almost the, the flavor of that wax, not the juice inside. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is kind of a weird description. <clears throat> no, no like, you're right. If you chew on that, it has a super clean kind of uh, yeast flavor in it that you don't really get with a whole lot of other beers. Um and it, it's like this uh, super clean wax uh, okay. flavor I get. But the the, uh, the big thing I think that ties a lot of these together is the uh, the malt levels are usually pretty high or a little bit elevated. A lot, I think the average is about 6%. Uh, some of them go up to, to 10%. But they're really well balanced no matter what alcohol percent they're at. Um, okay. And I think that they've uh, balanced the grain bill and the hopping and any of the Belgian, you know, type of candy sugars or anything they use in these uh-huh. so well because through trial and error over, you know, uh, a couple hundred years, you're probably going to have it right by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of the, that's, I don't know, these, I'm geeking out over these beers right now because they're, they're, they're beautiful beers. You pour them out of the glass, just, just visually they're beautiful beers. But these are beers that are being shipped overseas from Belgium that are bottle conditioned. Like, I mean, if, if if you know this, I, and I've heard stories of Sierra Nevada when Sierra Nevada stars, first started, and they're shipping bottle-conditioned beers that bottles are still exploding and things of this nature. To be able to get that right and bottle condition and ship overseas and still in the back of a backyard in a hot tub in Spring, Texas, drinking a beautiful beer that's been bottle conditioned in Belgium, that's uh that takes execution. That takes uh, badassery. Precision. It, it badassery Bad is a, an incredible way. Uh, to describe it, absolutely. And you know what impresses me the most about this beer is how light it is. I oh, mean, yeah. like the color, it looks like a pilsner almost, right? It does. But the flavor is definitely uh, like a heavier 
that's one of my favorite part of Belgian beers is the flavor that comes off of them. They're so complex and interesting, right? Like, and I'm tasting this one. I get the Belgian candy sugar. I didn't get the wax until you mentioned it, right? So there's some, some suggestion there, but I enjoy that. There is this waxy texture to it, but there's like clove and peppery notes on there that just kind of transport me to different places. Like it, this is a incredible, this is a sipping beer. This isn't something that I'm going to come and slam. This is something, this is a hot tub beer. This is something that you get in the hot tub and you enjoy with friends. So this is one of those styles that makes me question everything, right? And so okay. I, I love to read about beer history and I love to read about where things started and why they are from like the, the when glass became luxury. It was a huge turning point in the beer industry because then Pilsners became a big thing. But we talk about Belgian candy sugar inside of Belgian beers all the time, right? And a lot of that really kind of makes you think back to why is that such a key flavor? Why do they use it? And you know, for everybody else that doesn't know, Belgian candy sugar is beet sugar. It's a, it's a okay. specific beet on top of that. It's called a sugar beet. And so essentially they boil it down, break it down, dehydrate it, and get the sugar out of it. So it's got a much different flavor to it, although you still get the sweetness. But why do Belgians have Belgian beers have Belgian candy sugar in it? And my only speculation here is... Uh, you know, with malting techniques throughout the ages, mm-hmm. obviously I've ragged on the porter, you know, and it's, it's start, which don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's a very fundamental start to beer. There's a lot of things that happen with it, but the over uh, malting of the barley created low, low sugars. And so you were getting these super dark beers at 3%, but you couldn't get above it because you didn't have enough sugar. Yeah. And so when you start talking about like things around that same era, it's like, okay, well, how do you actually bring that up? How do you actually create a higher ABV, B, V, I can't even say it, high ABV Alcohol content. Yeah. Alcohol. How do you create that without, uh, without, truly understanding the malting techniques yet and so that's just my speculation belgian candy sugar became integral to kind of bring some of that up because saisons were usually what three-ish forest percent uh back in the day and that was just uh typically just a, a farm style beer that they would brew in the off season of not farming so all the workers would be allocated x amount of beer yes. but during the winter season it's like you're not having anything growing so what do you do you brew beer yes you absolutely. brew beer while you wait for more things to grow and I don't know. This beer, it, when I'm tasting this beer, I love it. I'm going to pour out a little bit more. The, on the bottle, it says, like, pour slowly. Don't get the yeast in there. It recommends that you taste the yeast separately. And so this next little sample that I'm going to pour out of there is going to have a little bit more yeast content in it. Um, and I'm wondering if that's going to change the flavor a little bit that we're drinking. 100%. But this is hot tub beers. Uh, and one of the things that we do on hot tub beers is we get really judgmental. And... I want to let uh, those of if this episode ever makes its way to the West Mall Brewery in uh, Belgium, are uh, monks allowed to listen to podcasts about fat guys in hot tubs? I'm sure they are. Like, where's the line drawn? Here's here's one of the things. Okay, so <laughs> I know growing up as Catholic, priests are probably some of the most entering. In, excuse me, interesting. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that described. There's too. a joke there. I'll stay away from it. But the the one of the most interesting and hilarious people that 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 I've met, they like you. We, we I put them on a pedestal growing up there, right? Thinking that you know they're you know this these high and mighty guys that are like spiritually above everybody else, and you know in a sense that they are. They've donated their life to to this pursuit, but 
they're just like you and me. They're hilarious, and they love drinking beer. They love hanging out, and they love good stories. And I could just imagine a bunch of guys just hanging out, drinking beer, brewing beer, having a good time, and that's their life. Nice. It is kind of nice. <laughs> or it's perceived to be. Or it's perceived to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a little uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> controversial on that. Get a little bit controversial, and that's okay. Do they still, uh, what's that called when they self-harm? Oh, like oh, like self-flagellation, like yes. is, is part of the penance. Yeah, it, is that still like a, a thing? I don't. I mean, know. I'm sure. Th- I know. I, I know it is be in extreme Why, yeah. conditions, but I mean, like systematic self-flagellation now in we're breweries. Getting into these weird Catholic. Uh, we need to travel like, down there. Mysteries. I don't know. That is kind of funny. Like I've always been fascinated with it, right? It's it's, but uh, I I don't know if that still goes on or not, or whether that's just something that we uh, like just kept brought back to the forefront with the what was the the book, uh, Tom Hanks was in the movie. Oh, um, Angels and Demons was the oh, the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy that would he would beat himself as part of his penance. Mm-hmm. So, I mentioned being judgmental, and we're going to be judgmental on these monks' beer, even though they've been brewing it uh, like ma- multiple of our lifetimes. On the nose, it is. Super nice, super inviting. There's it's, it's sweet and peppery all at the same time on the nose. Um, these beers don't have a huge hop presence. It's more the yeast to me that's providing the flavor than the hop. Uh, and this yeast, it's it's bringing out clove. Uh, you could tell the base malt has some of that Belgian candy sugar in it, like you said, to kind of bring up the alcohol content. But this one isn't. I mean, I guess in our standards, it, it, it's uh, not super huge. I We're can, looking at 9.5 ABV. I, I can answer the hop question, though. Okay, go ahead. They're using uh, aged hops. So instead of throwing a bunch of fresh hops in a beer, obtaining this high, fruity, juicy Ooh. bitterness and letting it die in, into an unbalanced beer, uh, typically the hops are aged for a year. So a lot of that, that extra flavor kind of pulls down off of it and they'll be able to create a more consistent beer with a higher longevity i mean this is a uh, canteon i don't think uses anything under and they're not trappist but you know we're talking the same part of the world they don't use anything under one year old on the hops and i think it goes almost all the way up to two really? to three years old yeah, yeah. and oh, that's wow that, you still get the antimicrobial uh properties you just don't get the huge flavor differences okay you know something really interesting about this beer this triple uh so west mall actually invented this beer style. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, back this, so this particular beer came out in uh, 1930. Okay. So apparently they started a trend from that. Um, I, I didn't know that until looking it up just a little bit ago. Yeah. But uh, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. I, I thought, you know, actually I thought these type of beers were around much longer than they have been. Uh, so I don't know what they were brewing before. 19, 1930s, the birth of the triple. Yeah. Or Trapel. Apparently. But you know, the other side of that too is there's there's styles of beer that don't ever get a name until somebody provokes it getting a name. It's like the BJCP with the uh, New England IPA, right? Technically, that was never a beer. That was just a region until the BJCP was like, that's a beer. You know, and it's one of those weird things is like, are they the authority that can say that? Who knows? We're the authority to judge beer, so yeah. Well, I mean, I would, I would <laughs> like to think that uh, Hot Tub Beer Podcast carries more weight than the BJCP. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud right Ooh. now. BJCP, if you're listening. 
I actually took the BJCP classes. Did you? I just think their naming of their leadership is very peculiar, and I would want to know why they want to call themselves wizards. With, okay. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Ooh. that. Well, I think they call them that technically. Different vibe. It's like it's like grandmaster and stuff like that. Oh. I don't know if they call them wizards. As long as they don't combine grandmaster and wizard at the same time, it's. We're, uh, when, when, he's, when they start talking about ranks, my eyes got really wide, and I'm like, this sounds a little familiar. Mm, yeah. uh, I wonder if we should probably <laughs> cut this out. What do we call a hot tub? What do we call a hot tub master of beer? Probably not a grandmaster. No, 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 no not, any, not anything close to that. I mean, we got we chubby bunnies. Uh, what, uh, what would be the opposite of? I don't know. Of a chubby bunny? What's the opposite of a chubby bunny? Well, I guess... Okay, so a buckle bunny is for cowboys that are like uh, buckle winners, right? You, okay. you win you win uh, big parts of... Uh, different well, parts of it, and you like get giant groupies. buckles. Okay. Yeah, and that's what a buckle bunny is. We'll right. S- at Eureka Heights, we go, what? what is our buckle bunny? Well, we got tubby bunnies. Yes, we right? do have tubby bunnies. <laughs> but the question is, is like, what are they really after here? So, wait, is so it a golden speedo? That's one Is thing we hair? need to uh, we need to determine before the end of the show. Um, hot tub master uh, master taster. What 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 are we going to call that person? I feel like we should do it opposite. You know what I mean? Like the novice is like truly the master, and the master is truly the novice. Ooh. Just fuck everybody up. So I'm going to go ahead and rate this beer. Just to kind of close out this segment because we got we got some other Trappist ales to try. Um, as far as the triple goes. I, I think you may have influenced me a little bit more telling me like they invented the triple because the, the flavors on this is super clean and crisp. And I poured out the end of the bottle and got a little bit of the yeast in there and it almost dried out the beer uh, to me. Oh, it was, oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. That was, that was the first time that like you pour the yeast off the bottom into the beer and it didn't screw up the beer. Like it was still very, very good and provided some extra like depth and complexity to it. I'm going to give this one, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give 4.0 out of the, Shop with the, or out of the. Uh, but what would you compare it to? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so there's um, a big difference. Are you rating it within the style, or are you rating it within just the beer? I'm just in rating general? It, just beer in general, just okay. hot tub beer, uh, just just me and my palate. I'm gonna go three point eight nine repeating on this one. I, I I really enjoy the flavors that I got off to it. And I think what sold me and pushed me to that nine repeating is the fact that the yeast coming into it didn't like screw up the beer it made it better different yeah who wants to go next i'll follow up mainly because i hate rating this beer right now it's not often i I hate rating beer but with this being the og triple right like the one um i'm just gonna go straight 4.0 uh, for a lot of reasons, actually. Um, I'm not a big Trapel person just because I feel like a lot of the modern versions of that style come out very, very sweet. A lot of Belgian candies kind of got this, like, this funk, this residual, like, uh, uh, feel on your tongue. Um, you get tanked off of, like, three or four of them, which is not always bad, but typically not what I'm looking for. Uh, but this here is, it's balanced. Um, it's dry enough to keep you wanting. Um, we've been down this road before. We have uh, this road. But, I mean, overall, it's very well balanced. The, the, the sugar does not hit you in the front. Um, it's not overly phenolic. It's just good beer, and it is the actual representation of what the style is. Nice. Categorically and historically. 
All right, Mr. Shannon, you're closing us out. I think it's th- about a 3.8. I mean, it, it's fantastic for the style. It, it is very well-rounded. Like, it's just a good made beer. Yeah, it but really is. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't uh, gravitate towards drinking these a lot of times. Um, although, I probably will pick these up a little bit more now after having one. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but you know what the thing I appreciate the most about this is just the um the malt base in this beer. I love it. And um it's there's nothing about it that stands out. There's nothing astringent about it at all. Like zero. And that's I probably would rate it higher um if it was a little bit lower in alcohol percent because I don't always want to drink a big beer. Yeah. Um but um again, I don't I, I appreciate that it doesn't have phenolics. It doesn't have that clovey, you know, kind of banana mm-hmm. peppery finish to it yeah to me i don't get that in this beer and i hate that in a beer that's just me my personal preference i don't i don't like that Um, i like a little pepper i don't don't like i I don't like french saison-y kind of stuff i like belgian saison-y and this is more along the belgian line okay um and i think with those you get a little bit more of that kind of waxy flavor i i got to find some way to better describe that but um i i think that uh yeah that's my rating on the beer i think it's good nice it it Jonathan, thank you for taking time to come and hang out with us on a Sunday and and drink these Trappist beers with us. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what's next. Um, I want to take a break. We're going to go to a different uh, Trappist brewery before we go all the way to West Vletern. Um And I want to talk about, like, why it's Trappist and why these guys, why you can be kicked out of being a Trappist brewery. And what are we trapping? Ooh, good call. Hot tub beer fans, are you looking to buy, sell, or lease a home with or without a hot tub? Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor, is who you need to call to help with all your real estate needs. Hugh knows hops and Hugh knows houses. That's txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. So we're 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 on to our next trap and sale. Um, now this one has authentic excuse me, authentic Trappist product printed on it. So, Jonathan, you were telling me a little bit why that one, that that stamp is on this particular beer. Yeah, so interestingly, uh, in 1999, this brewery, uh, apparently the, the monks that uh, were brewing this, uh, they'd all become, uh, I guess that crew had become older, and they no longer had the uh, ability to keep the brewery going. So they started outsourcing uh, the labor there. And uh, so because of that, the, uh, the association that determines them as a Trappist brewery said you can no longer actually be licensed uh, with your beer as a Trappist brewery. So back in uh, 2005, I guess they uh, had sourced some new fresh monks in, some, some younger generation guys in there to... Uh, start the brewery again, and so I think that's why they put that on the label now. So that they know that they're they're back in business. They're there. back in business. They can put it on their label now. They're official. They're that's pretty cool. Like that's that's exciting. I, I like the fact that there's this organization that kind of keeps this like as a Trappist brewery. Jake, I'm going to get you pronounce the the exact brewery this is coming from because this isn't a Belgian Trappist tale. This is from where does it? It was uh, the Netherlands, correct? Yes, that's the Netherlands. It's uh, Koningshoven. And One so, more time, slowly. Koningshoven. Oh. Koningshoven. 
I don't know. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Uh, so uh, supposedly that authentic Trappist product uh, is actually just become part of. It's supposed to be a part of all of the Trappist beer. As like you can't use this unless you follow this guideline, uh, and it's supposed to be on a lot of the other bottles as well. Okay, and so we were talking a little bit about you know this being a product of these guys fasting during lent and having this beer that's going to have a uh, caloric backbone that's going to sustain them uh throughout this season what makes it trappist though ooh so i want to i want to start with um using beers like this to fast and only drinking beer and not eating food this this ABV will get you closer to God, right? I think. <laughs> <You're not laughs> I think drinking like this that. all day. I like the, that. The, the Doppelbach uh, was originally a lower ABV, so box start at six point three. Your Doppelbach is going to be closer to eight, but once you start pushing ten, you're you're seeing a different world there. Um, so Trappist, one of the major things with the Trappist uh, beers is they're not allowed to profit from the beer itself in a traditional sense okay so uh it has to be brewed uh by the monks or under the supervision of monks which is what we were just talking about the the amendment um to that but not only that is all the money made is only left for um for the monks to eat to still keep up the monastery itself and then any excess that they make goes 100 percent back to charity and obviously each um each Trappist brewery gets to decide where that goes, depending on how big it is. I think West Mall right now, I think, is the biggest, or Orval or West Mall is one of the biggest. But they're they're donating back to all over the world. Uh, and oh so wow! That's a huge part of it. It's uh, it's almost like its own form of uh, tithing. It's like we're giving them money and they're redistributing it to the people they find. I, uh, I need. absolutely love the idea of tithing by buying beer <laughs> that is uh yeah i got 10 percent to uh donate <laughs> <laughs> I know. that is uh that, that's a really cool concept uh for a guy who actually like loves beer year round um this beer is going to be a different style than the last one so we had a tripel we're stepping it up to a quadruple here um on the nose it is completely different Completely different. Now, this one is bottle conditioned as well. The yeast on this one didn't seem to settle uh, on the bottle as well as it did on the West Mall. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and make the presumption that these guys haven't been doing it as long as West Mall, but I, they've been doing it a fairly long time. I have an alternate theory on that one. Okay, give me what you got. Uh, the transportation and storing of uh, these bottles were not exactly ideal over the last 24 hours. You and by that... You abuse Trappist beers? I, I, I mean that I... Uh, about 10 o'clock at night, I went and threw them on the counter uh, at about 1 o'clock in the morning when I was getting out of, out of work. I, I threw them into the car uh, and then this morning, I threw them sideways in a small cooler on top of some ice. I, uh, they, they, they've had a rough 24 hours, but everything before that, perfect. So if I'm, <laughs> if I'm going to, if I'm going to just a quadruple on its own, Jonathan, what am I, what am I looking for? Now, you had an interesting adjective earlier. Uh, yeah, so you're looking for, like, the flavor of deer turds, basically, in there. <laughs> 
those of y'all who don't know what deer turds taste like, it's a little <laughs> bit of a lo, little bit of berry, a lot of bit of fiber, a little earthy. <laughs> you know, uh, I I don't know. I'm not really digging the beer too much. I'm not a huge quad fan, um, but I think uh, it's worth you know talking about the difference between a, what a a tripel and a, a quad are. Yes. So uh, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. Start I could from totally the bottom. Wrong is. Uh, a tripel means it's been triple fermented, right? Oh. So it goes through a, a different a fermentation process each time where they may use a different set of yeast to get it to a higher alcohol percentage. Uh, so they start off with a base that gets to a certain level. Then they start. Then they pitch another yeast in there that gets it a little higher. Then they pitch another one. And I think that's for complexity. I could be completely well, you, you, off and You wrong. know what? I did not do due diligence this week. I normally do, but Tim threw this one at me, so I didn't I didn't get to sit down and review everything I did. we're going to go with that because I really like that definition of say, it. Yeah, I could describe all the styles from the single up to the quad. I don't believe there's a pentuple. Uh, hopping frog. <laughs> you tried, but once again, you didn't get there. But, uh. I mean, stylistically... Your single Belgian or your golden blonde, depending on how you want to look at it, it's going to be a lower ABV. You're hitting anywhere between like four to seven. It's a pretty wide range, honestly, if you talk about the difference between blonde and golden ale. Yeah. Uh, but then the next in the line is going to be the uh, double or Dubel double, however you want to look at it. It's going to have a nice malty body to it. It's got a lot more bready characters to it. Uh, and above that's going to be your triple. And so with the double being so so much darker with a, a, a redder, browner hue. The triple is clear and golden and straw, and it's got all these great characteristics to it. A little bit of haze. They're not filtered. And then you move up to the quad where you go back to uh, an amber or maltier looking beer, With uh, and each step is a, is a higher ABV, right? Okay. So it's kind of have a really weird kind of back and forth uh, as to why it's called triple or double or quad. Um, I don't think Jonathan's wrong. I just don't know. I, I think that uh, a quad maybe has too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, probably like it's just you don't need that fourth step, and you're overdoing it, and it just kind of ruins it. So okay, so, so so in your opinion, it ruins it. Why is the style so shitty? Or well, <laughs> sorry, hold on, hold on. Why you, is you, it? You just liked the pentuple from it. you I, like the the, the pentuple <laughs> from hopping frog, but you're going to say the quad is overdone. I want to. I, I want to get some common ground. I want to understand I don't you. Think the pentuple is uh, what we think it is. I don't think it's. I, I don't. I doubt that they use different yeast along it's the way. A lie. They probably pitched one or two yeasts in there to get it where is it where it is. Uh, yeah. So if you're if you're listening and you're not completely grasping what we're talking about, you need to go back to the live episode on Instagram on March sixth. On uh, yeah, March sixth, and where we tried hopping frogs pentuple aged in Malbec barrels. They should have done it as a porter. And just at least at a minimum, put it as a double That's Jake's, porter. Jake's favorite style is porter. Yeah, yes. double porter. Double I, imperial. imperial imperial porters. In I, fact, in fact, I have one saved in the fridge right now for a one-off episode, Jake, where we're just gonna have another imperial porter. I love it. I love it. I mean, I hate it, but also I love it. Um, this beer, it to me, it's not as complex as the Trapel. It is. It, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's very malty. This, to me, tastes like something that I would drink when I'm hungry, uh, if, if, if I'm going through Lent and I'm, and I'm fasting in that manner. Uh, it, it is very heavy. It's very yeasty. Um, it tastes like malt and yeast. It, there, there's really no hop char- 
excuse me, hop characteristic in there uh, that I can pick out or talk about. But very malty, very yeasty. The flavors are earthy. There is a little bit of berry sweetness on there uh, that I'm tasting. But this is kind of a, uh, I don't know. This beer pairs well with a like a monastery lifestyle in my head. Like if I'm just wearing a brown robe, walking around, you already do that. Beer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. I literally bought you a yeah. brown robe for I, your I birthday. Know. That is hilarious. <laughs> I need a rope to tie it up with. Yeah. Instead of an actual like cloth belt, I need a rope. It's gonna be serious, and a and a and a rosary to hang from. Um, I mean, like literally, you have every one of those pieces. You got a rosary tattooed around your your I arm. Do. There, you got a brown robe. You you need to start brewing again. I do need to start brewing again. I absolutely do. I so, talked about that with uh, with somebody not too long ago. So, to sum up the episode, we just found out Tim is secretly a monk. So secret he didn't even know. Oh, shit. Yeah, take that. <laughs> That's peaceful to know. It is peaceful to know. All um, of a sudden, the calm came over the hot tub. Yeah. The realization. The breeze blew. The meaning of life we has been peace. revealed. This is why you and Brandon get along. <laughs> I know you said that last time. Um, oh. So, but no, uh, I don't think this beer is, I don't know, it, it's kind of chaotic to me. Like, compared to the last one, if okay. you were to have them side by side, it's not as smooth. It's a little bit more, uh, it's not as well balanced. Like, I would agree with you. Uh, it's a little brash on the front, like forefront, and then it kind of dry. It, it's a little bit more dry on the back end, uh, but it didn't have that nice soft body that the West Mall has. I don't know if this maybe a difference in the water profile, or just the fact that they added you know one more fermentation to it or something or whatever. But West Mall over this one so far. I, I would agree with you. It, it 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 feels like a rustic beer. It feels like I'm wearing an uncomfortable robe, but I don't particularly dislike it. Like yeah. it 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 feels like. Are you describing the robe I gave you? No, I'm not. Like <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, like this is this is probably horrible. Like some like burlap robe that I'm wearing. That's that's uh, it's making me like. So we talked a little bit about like self flagellation in the last one, right? Yeah. In the last segment, but this there's this when you start getting into the saints of the Catholic Church, there's some weird stuff that went on, and a lot of it was making yourself uncomfortable because the flesh was not something to be enjoyed your spirit was so you were meant to like suffer in this life and look forward to the next life and so there's a lot of people in history that took that like next level and like were completely and totally made themselves uncomfortable with the things that they were wearing and things like that so when i think i have this picture in my head of being like this you know monastic personality like I'm in an uncomfortable, itchy burlap robe with no undershirt on underneath, and I got it tied on with a rope, and I'm drinking a Belgian quadruple trapezoidal. How much of that was masochism? Like, I don't like it, but I like it because I don't like it. I think I, I, that's a good question. Like, so maybe they liked it because it brought them closer to God, but I don't know if it would be called masochist because they didn't enjoy the pain itself. They enjoyed the result of the pain. They didn't just walk around boners under their burlap sacks. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so, I just had to say it out loud. That's I all I had know. to say. I don't know. I, I don't know if I should feel guilty laughing at monk boners. Um, oh, what you think? But, monks can't get boners? Is oh, that like? Can. Is that a oh, prerequisite? <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I think that's that's a funny. That's an interesting. And we know it's out. the altar boy's fault. I would. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to like have a guy who. Like, I, I don't know. There's. You there's heard it an, first. He wants a guy. 
in the hot tub <laughs> with me who has, who has lived that monastic lifestyle and, and, and talk about that because that's an interesting facet. Like, I don't know. I enjoy people. That's part of the fun of the podcast, right, is we meet a bunch of different inter- interesting personalities from a bunch of different walks of life with different different views on everything. And that view on life to me is incredibly interesting as well. I guess I got to really tone back the jokes if we ever get to, to talk to them because it truly is fascinating. It without is fascinating, a doubt. yeah. And I, would, I, would, I wouldn't kill for that because obviously it's a sin, but like I would – absolutely do a lot of things to make that happen but also they go back and listen to what i've just said over the last 10 minutes i'm like i don't think they're ever going to talk with me they might talk with you yeah it's worth a try this okay so that's one of the cool things about it like i don't think those guys like you want to talk about like non-discriminatory people i don't think they really care so where do you think the line is right is the line at uh like burlap sack boners or is the line at like altar boys (laughs) I don't know. I think you'd have to, think <laughs> like, you'd have to ask him before. Uh, I feel like we're, we're pushing it. Oh, I'm pushing it. <laughs> yeah, you are. But that's okay. That's make sure we leave y'all podcast, out of that one. Right. And how's that beer? <laughs> <laughs> the beer the beer to me is good. It's not it, It's not on the level that the Trapel was, but I think it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the brewers or the brewery, but necessarily the style um, and, and what they're brewing. To me, this feels rustic. This feels something that I'm going to drink when I'm hungry. Um and I'm not necessarily going to enjoy all the flavors that I'm getting out of it, but this beer does not suck as well. I'm going to go ahead and rate it, and I'm going to go 3.3. I want to repeat the three like maybe ten times, and then I want to put a seven on the end of it. Is that okay? Yeah, no, I like the seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to put a seven on the end of that one. Um, I like three. Three's the number of the Holy Trinity, and seven's just lucky. Nice. Take it away, Jonathan. I was going to ask you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would rate this one probably about a 2.4. I, I don't think it's... Uh, Do you not think I it's Christian enough? I would buy this again. It does not encompass what I think a Trappist brewery should be making, but... <laughs> I'm not religious in any way, shape, or form. So, you so would... I don't judge, but I am judging the beer, and I don't like it as much as the West Mall. So... I love I love that we've gotten so judgmental on the podcast. We can tell a Trappist brewery what they should be brewing. That was probably one of my, my favorite <laughs> part of your of your rating. It's like, hey, listen, Trappist, hot tub beer says no. You've had a long time to get this no. right. Yeah. And, Come on, man. <laughs> I love that. Let me down, bro. Uh, I mean That's just crazy. Like you like under three, so you wouldn't spend money to give back to charity while having beverages. Uh, if you bring charity into it, now you yeah, no, I just sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, if it's in the same region, I would probably support one that's around them. Yeah, if it's better, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really enjoy the all the trap that much. I'm. I'm. Look. I'm. I'm seeing every bus I can. I'm is. diving underneath it. I'm dragging y'all with me. All okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I. I. I think it's. Uh, I think it's good. Um, it's not over the top. I like that there's not so much Belgian candy to it. A lot of American interpretation is just inundated with, with Belgian candy. Yes, and yeah. and uh, just because Jonathan has said it this morning, just inundated with phenolics and pepper and uh, all these esters that come with it. Your banana, your clove, all the extra funk and fun. Um, and this one is just, it's very, 
I hate to say cut and dry, but it's cut and dry. It's just it's straightforward. It is. It, there's no frills. There's no frazz. There's absolutely nothing. Yeah, you can't tell thing. there's any boners under the monk's robes. It's just <laughs> like they they brew the beer and they're paying the bills, and I think that's freaking awesome. Uh, I'm just gonna go three flat. I'd drink it. Uh, I wouldn't turn it away, but I wouldn't reach for it either. Yeah. Interesting. So I like that. That was that was probably one of the most fun segments we've done. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, and so we're going to take a little bit. We're going to uh, cleanse the palate with a little bit of National Standard from Tups. Thank you, uh, Taylor Beasley, for doing that for us. Um, and then we're going to be back with the Holy Grail. Longest segment that we're going to have we're gonna, was we we're blessed with two beers from Wes Vletter. Are you looking for a house with a hot tub so you can be just like us? If so, you need to call Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor. He's a craft beer fan looking to help out his fellow hopheads any way he can with their real estate needs. That's Hugh Height, TXBeerRealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Roll me Welcome down a back. hell like a whore. <laughs> Whoa. Here we three. go. <laughs> Y'all miss a, a good uh, uh, interim segment. <laughs> th- okay, th- that is one of the fuzz. That maybe needs to be something we sell on Patreon. Is the the in between segments, uh, <laughs> just the behind the scenes that just never the makes behind it. Behind the scenes that that never makes it because there are some interesting conversations, right? And so like, here we are, the hot tub beer. We're we're all in this together here. Yeah, and just just to clarify what I just said, right? Uh, no matter where we came from, where we're going, uh, my body should be returned to the her- earth and just roll me down the hill like a whore. And what I mean by that is, like, uh, they used to bury you six feet under so that animals wouldn't dig you back up. And so a shallow grave was a whore's grave because they didn't care whether your bones got digged back up. To me, don't waste money and time on that. Like, just return me to where I came from. Everything else is in whatever hands that could be. When I was growing up, my mom had a very close friend, uh... She played a really influential role in my life as well, um, and she uh, she had rheumatoid arthritis. was 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 to a wheelchair when she passed away. She was just in a box that her son built. It was kind of cool, kind of simple, like on, along the same lines of what you're talking about. And I know that's a tangent, but I just opened up the Holy Grail of beers, and Jake is over here looking at this thing. There is signs of fermentation all over this thing. This is I, I'm I'm kind of geeked out to be able to. To, to kind of start pouring this in glasses. This is a West Vlettern beer. I know I probably butchered the name on it. No, you're so, right. West Vlettern. So We Jake, call them Westies. Tell me a little bit about West Vlettern, what we're putting in our glass here. Okay, so this is... Um, boy, where do we start? I don't, did well, I, did I mention today already... That West Vlettern is the best beer I've ever had in my life. Did I already say that on air? You did say that on air. You said it was so, a golden ale, correct? Correct. Uh, no, it was a blonde. It was a blonde. Sorry. Um, so be very careful pouring this. By the way, very okay. careful. This is a. This one really gets a lot of uh, uh, extra to it. So uh, West Vlettern, one of the Trappist monasteries that brews beer. Uh, West Vlettern being one of the most highly coveted uh, Trappist beer, okay. and so they take very very seriously about not overselling overproducing they produce enough to fund the monastery to continue to live and so with that that comes its own restrictions Um, and to put it in perspective on how to get this beer right uh, you can always luck out and maybe get one from somebody uh, but they put a lot of stuff in place to limit as much resale as possible I mean they really crack down so there's an automated system when you call you have to call the brewery ahead of time 
to preserve uh, your your beer. And so when you call, there's tons of people calling. They only accept calls during certain times and tons of people calling. If you're lucky enough to get through, you can order it and you have to put your name down. You got to bring your driver's license. You got to do all this stuff to prove this. This is you. We're not, you know, just picking up other people's stuff, yada, yada, yada. But one of the wild things is, is if your phone call gets hung up on in the middle, lost connection, accidentally hang up, you piss them off, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. their system actually uh, rejects your phone number for, I think, three months. It completely rejects your, your phone number. You can't even... Like, the only thing you'll ever get is busy tones from there on out until until really? that time is up. Yeah. And so, like, if you if you get a hold of the West Lettern uh, uh, Monastery to, to buy beer on the phone, make sure you got good signal. Make sure you got your landline, whatever it is, because they will reject your call. And now, when you get there, right? And so, specifically for, for this venture, um, John John's call dropped. When he was trying to do this. Oh, really? And he was traveling to uh, uh, Belgium for, you know, this was like the one trip that he's getting out there, and his call drops. And John, so. John Thorne, the man John who gave Thorne. life. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. He initiated the process. Yeah, there's some DNA shared. Yes. Um, and so he actually <laughs> then had to take my mother's phone, Mary Thorne, uh-huh. had, to, had to take her phone and then call again where he finally got connected. So his phone was useless, and he had to call through another phone. Wow. And then he had to go through the whole process signing up and all that stuff. And so when, they, when you arrive at the brewery, uh, I really wish he was here to talk about it. He got a little mic shy, you know, but... Um, they take down your license plate that you show up in. They take down your Are identification. You You're only allowed, I think, for their trip, which was like, gosh, 2000. Oh my gosh, like 2009, 2011, somewhere. Okay. I mean, it was it was more than ten years ago, and uh, they ended up getting one case each. They flew it back. Um, Luckily, it wasn't too, too much hassle getting it back. Obviously, it wasn't easy. Apparently, he went over the bag limit and this and that, but he got them back here. Sat down, tried them. Best beer of my life. I mean, this is truly a pain-in-the-ass beer. I think the other stipulation is you only can buy once a year. So you can't okay. you can't keep buying once a month. It's like once a year, and you're cut off every three months of when your phone call can even make it. Wow. Now, the beer we have in our glasses, right? So that one was the, the blonde or the number six. Okay. Um, what we this have right here... Eight is number eight. And so as much as they try to um, keep it from being reselled, resold, uh-huh. um, it still gets it out, and there's still people that find their way to doing it. Um, and so this eight was actually found at a bottle shop in Brussels. Um, I don't really know if I should name drop where where it was. Should I? Should I not? I mean, I have the name here. Yeah, we're we're up to like 40 people who listen. Okay, so if anybody goes back and listen, uh, it was uh, the Beer Temple in Brussels is where these came from. Okay. Supposedly Beer Cafe in Antwerp, Belgium is another place you can possibly find it. Okay. But either way, it's highly, highly, highly coveted. I haven't even smelled this. I've only looked at this. I haven't tasted it. Dude, Um, it smells old. It's just one of the... Hardest it, it, beers to it, get a hold of. I, I say that. I say, like, it, I, I know old has a negative connotation, but it doesn't have a negative connotation when I'm smelling this beer. Aged is probably a better term to use. I, I think I've maybe had this beer one time, but I, I've noticed that there's something familiar with all the West, all the Westies that I've had. Okay. Um, they all had this sort of like 
a very, very slight henty grapey flavor that kind of uh, okay. overarches through the through the notes of the beer as you taste it. Um, even the twelve, like this one's the this one's the eight. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's something really unique about this brewery, and something that you don't really get with any other beers that I've had, especially in this style. So is this is there a, is there a style that's specific to this beer, or is this just West Vletrin beer? I think we've kind of gone back and forth on this. Uh, on West Vletrin's site, did it say double? Did it say Dubell? Uh, Dubell. It did say that. Like I, I did not on their actual website. So that's where I think it gets kind of skewed there. Okay. I don't think they brew to a style. Okay. I think they brew uh, for the passion of the brewing. Um, they brew to fund the brewery. They've done it for a very long time. I don't think they're ever going to be like, this is our quad. And I think that's part of, this is six, this is eight, this is 12, this is, we're, we're going to give it a number, and that's it. I feel like everybody else goes, well, this is the parameter it fits in, which is very, very unique uh, in itself. But I think, why why would you limit yourself to a style when you're brewing at that capacity? Okay, so the numbers, like, do they go one through whatever, and that's the only time you see that number? Or do they go back and they're going to rebrew number eight? They repeat numbers. Okay. That kind of makes sense. I mean, I, if you're going to brew beer and you're not concerned about the categorization, like, oh, we have to fit this certain beer style, you know, like, right. we're just brewing this because this is what we want. It is what it is. I like that. That's that's, that's my too. mantra in beer, too. I love it. I don't like categorizing things, although we do that anyways because we, we're more forced to, I think, in this civilization but well it's selling point it's marketing yeah um but yeah no this is a really good beer it's freaking fantastic it is freaking fantastic it is it it, there is something about this like it is i know i mentioned kind of rustic and earthy on the last one this one takes it to a new level um there's still floaties in this beer this is this this is something that kind of reminds you of like this is just being in a brewery, being like li- living this simple lifestyle, and drinking this beer for sustenance, like, and enjoying not just the flavors of it, but that you made this yourself. Yeah, and I forgot to mention too, this beer was picked up in 2014, so its actual brew date, no clue at all. No clue at all. But to put that in perspective, at how hard this beer is to get, and how long it's lasted here in America. It's been here in America for eight years uh, under as, as perfect conditions as possible. Just to put in that effort, because not because you want to see how it grows, but because you don't want to let that go. You, you, you want to have that one last reminder. Right. It's just insane. And we literally just stole somebody's last reminder. So, okay, so... I say stole. I traded. Obviously, it was a very uneven trade, but... but okay, so this, this beer... There is no label. Nothing. There's just a bottle that says West Vletrin on the uh, on the edge of it. You've got a cap that says it's Trappist West Vletrin beer, number eight, eight percent alcohol per volume, and that's it. Gerstemount. There's another word that's on there. I don't know what that means. But there is there. This is kind of uh, it's it's a mystery beer. It's a fantastic mystery beer. It is. 
it dead is. air here. I'm going to look it up because I actually do know what that means, but I don't want to say it wrong. But so. it's uh, like there is like almost this deep raisiny flavor to the beer to me. Yeah, I, I get like the it's it, it, it leans on the side of like a like a, a grape, like a, a wine grape. Okay, like, you know, almost a raisiny wine grape, but it still leans on that sort of. It doesn't have the acidity, you know, that Agreed. you get from wine grape. But there's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like it, uh, it has this kind of high, this higher higher end note that goes more towards like. Uh, like a fruit than it does a it's not an, I don't know if it's an ester that is picking up in there uh, then it does like more like a uh, like a the base like the barley that's in there you know correct like there's there's something about this beer that is just so so simple and so homemade and so just kind of bringing you back to the basics I guess which is 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 part of in the spirit of the season of Lent anyway, like yeah. stripping off the mortal coal, figuring out who you are, recentering and focus on what, you know, is important in your life that, you know, and, and stripping off the things that bring you away from your purpose. And, and this beer, there is nothing pretentious about it. There is it, everything that is fancy about beer is stripped away about it. And that's kind of what makes it beautiful. I wonder where they source their uh, their grains and their hops and stuff. Like what, you know, it'd be interesting to, to find out. That would be interesting to find out. I wonder out. if anybody has any pictures of like their, their brew house. Or I'm going to venture out and say there's no quinoa in this beer. <laughs> uh, so actually, the, the only things the top of the cap says, and you know what? I'm super, super disappointed. There is actually a stamp on the top, and I can't read what the stamp says for the date. So it was brewed in June on the sixth day. As to what year, I can't read it. But the only other things it says is West uh, Trappist West Vlettern and Bavat Gutstamat is brewed with barley. It has the number eight for West Vlettern eight, and then it says beer, B-I-E-R, beer, 8% by volume. And then there is the address written around the side, and that's it. Wow. That's the only label this beer has. That's, That's pretty cool. I read the entire label there to you in my least Nick Offerman voice. So I know this is this is <laughs> kind of like an opposite end of the spectrum episode uh, as far as micro beers are concerned. This still fits our vibe with this independent brewery. It still fits our vibe with this micro brews, like small amounts being produced, but almost just goes back to the beginning of what beer is and what beer is for. Uh, sustenance. It, yeah, this is sustenance beer. This is it, that that has uh, people appreciate because all the pretense is stripped away. Th- this is just beer in its most raw form. So, do you think the Trappist monks are another version of the Nordic priestesses helping helping humans get closer just to God? Out my West <laughs> uh, I mean, think about it though. You're talking what? At least a thousand years before. At least. I'm not sure how much. I mean, it's quite a bit before. But you talk about early AD, priestess, uh, shaman, brewers, is the best way to put it, the Nordic, yeah. uh, were brewing beers for a lot of capacity. But one of those capacities was to gain uh, a closeness to the gods, the Nordic gods. And now here we are, we're brewing beer. Maybe not so much to get closer to the gods, but to bring ourselves closer with God. Well, I think I think we'd be naive to think that one didn't have the influence on the other. Does that make sense? We were talking about this a little bit in between the breaks. I like we've all 
we're all in this together. We all have influences on each other. We all travel these separate paths, but at the end, we all share the human condition, right? So this beer, I guess if we're going to make a correlation between that, right, I don't think we can be naive enough to think that previous beer styles, previous brewers didn't have an impact on this. This is just the Trappist path and the Trappist walk with this beer, right? Because alcohol has kind of this weird journey, right, to where it was, like you are talking about with Nordics, it's going to bring us closer to God. And this is the beer that we're drinking at a time that we're supposed to strip away the things that are keeping us from being close to God. Uh, and then we, you know, obviously we have beer now that's just because we want to experience something else than the mortal experience that we're having. Um, it, but there's all these different paths. The commonplace is we're sharing this through alcohol. We even talked about the episode that we did in the Finch with uh, Farts McToot. Stephen Von Grimm. Stephen Von Grimm, <laughs> yeah. right? About that, uh, what was I going to say? That this beer was, where was I going with that? It was a specific place I was going with that. I'm obviously full of trap We talked beer. about Jefferson and uh, Adams dying uh, before he actually died. Um. Anyway, it was it was it was a different <laughs> it was a different interpretation on that beer, different reason why we're drinking that beer. But at the end of the day, like these are all these paths that beer has that has taken. And it's fun to go down this one because this is one that we haven't really highlighted on the show. And this is all I mean, these beers are a monasticism, right? This is all a representation of their devotion to spirituality. Okay. And if you look at it that way, I mean, beer in general, I, I, I can get on board with that. You know, I can get on board with spirit, spirituality. You know, drinking the beer definitely makes you feel more spiritual. Yes. Right? Is there acid in this beer? I, f- I feel like we all just got a little <laughs> bit closer. Are we on a trip? <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's that's what the uh, that's what the monks are all about. I mean, it's it's a, it's a spiritual chase, and you know, drinking drinking these beers probably helps them get there. Too. <laughs> oh, I would agree. So, whether Christianity believes it or not, there's an evolution to everything. Uh, and <laughs> sorry, I had to bring that one into it. Uh, but when we talk about like the short term, the really fast paced like uh, societal like evolutions, me and Tim sat down in this hot tub uh, just over a year ago. It was what? It was February. Gosh. 15th or 16th, I sat down with Tim in the hot tub. I'd been without power for almost a week. I'd been without water for almost a week. We sat down, I think I got here or like just before 10 a.m., and we drank for seven hours straight. And we filmed the whole thing. Disgusting. Yeah. Gross idea. We did it. Uh, but to, to, to where we went from there, right, uh, where we were mildly less boners in, in the episodes uh, <laughs> to a point where we were sitting down doing like huge streaks out of the city where we talk mostly about boners to here we are where we're back down to a little bit about boners, but it's more sophisticated. It's more brought together. And we now understand the beer brought us together for a much bigger journey. Right. And so to see that American craft beer scene has exploded and has gone in so many different directions while we have breweries that are much older, focused on bringing that back together focused on that purity of this is what we do it's crazy to see this this whole evolution but we still have that core baseline that's still there and how much of American craft beer is going to wrap back around to a similar perspective of we're going to continue doing what we love even if it only pays the bills and nothing more 
I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I, we're going to continue doing what we love, even if we're going in, you know, we're in the, in I mean, the we red are. on it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, we're more than the red. We're yeah, just. In fact, yeah, Mandy doesn't know this, but I bought, I bought, uh, I bought 48 mini pint glasses this morning. I guess they're not pint glasses. 48 mini lager glasses. Pilsner glasses. Pilsner right. glasses. Pilsner that's glasses. What it was. Two and a half ounce with the. Uh, Emblazoned with the hot tub beer logo. I mean, that's how you know we, you know, we we love this. I can't remember the name Is of the website. Grandstand by any chance? I don't know. Okay. Is that's that a good one that's to go that's to? That's a good one to go to. Yeah. Okay, I need to go there. Yeah, because yeah, we're gonna get some more hot tub beer stuff out there, and hopefully get people more people listening more, and then they'll end up paying for the glasses that they drink out of. And then they'll all be relaxed as fuck. Oh, nice. Relaxed Ooh. as fuck. Ooh. Oh. That's a way better tagline than Hitler would be pissed. It is. It is. I, I think we've come up with s- several slogans. A lot of them. That, that need to be. Because, yeah, because we're non-stoppable as well. Um, <laughs> the, the, the relaxed as fuck non-stoppable podcast. Uh, yes. So I, I don't want to rush this experience, but I want to rate this beer because I want to move to the next West Fletcher that we have. Should I, should I grab it? Yeah, let's grab it. So let's, let's rate West Fletcher 8. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say 4.0 on this one. And I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to throw it out there. And the reason I'm saying that is not only is it a great beer, it's a simple beer. But the story, where it's coming from, why it's brewed, the fact that it is just a sustenance beer, just in the sense of, like, nutrition during Lent, right? But this sustains the monastery as well um, is, is a beautiful story to me. I, I can agree with you. Um, I'm going to give this a 4.0 as well. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the flavor as well, but I have to say I still think the Blonde is still the best beer I've ever had in my life. Nothing. I don't I don't know if anything will ever compare to what that was. Um, this one, it is absolutely a perfect beer. It's great. There's nothing you could change about it. It's brewed for a good reason. It's, it's not exploited. It's just such a cool freaking beer. But overall... It's somehow light bodied and hearty at the same time. Like there's definitely a good uh, uh, girth to this beer without being over the top. It's got a dryness to it. It's got this almost raisin aspect underneath it. Um, I mean, overall, this is a fantastic freaking beer. It deserves a 4.0. And so we're going to leave that to Jonathan Shannon to see if that's true or not. I'm going to give this a uh, 2.0 because I'd rather be drinking a hazy IPA, but uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, I would give it a 3.8. It's it's a fantastic beer. Like, I have no cons to pick up. I mean, there's no flaws out of the beer. Like, I, I'm, I'm rating this for what, kind, what type of beer it is, too, especially after trying, you know, these other ones before. I've had a West, uh, I, I think I've had the West Westy 8. Um, I've also had the I've had this West 12 that we're pouring now, um, probably at least four times, and uh, I've appreciated it every single time. The last time I got this uh, Westy 12, I actually got it as sent as an extra or a surprise in a box, and it was probably one of the, the best surprises in a box that I've had. That's I was like, cool. "Are you kidding me? This is your extra right now? That's awesome." So I am so bad at taking photos. That's okay. We're taking. I just a locked photo. my phone. Oh, you just locked <laughs> just your locked phone out. My phone. We're while Jake's, you know, struggling with his phone to take a picture because I wanted to take a picture of these beers. The, this beer is probably, I mean, aesthetically, one of the most beautiful beers that we've pulled out 
of the deal today. Oh, do you let me do Care Bear Face? Oh, Care Bear Face. Oh, look at you guys. Care Bear <laughs> Stare. So are you saying you're so excited about this second beer, we're not even taking a pause for me to say some weird shit in between? Correct. I love that. Yeah, we're going straight into... He like, cut me this off. This is just going to be, instead of a segment per beer, we're going with a segment for the brewery. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. So, Wes Fletcher, have we talked about the brewery very much? I wish I had more to say about the brewery. I really do. So I think Jonathan about, might, but... We talked about how exclusive it was, but we've, we've also talked about how this is the holy grail yeah. of beers because of how exclusive it is. Um, do you know what year they started brewing this beer? Uh, I'd have to look it up again, but it's it's been a long time uh, since they've been brewing as well. They're an old brewery. Um, they're they're almost as old as what's uh, what's small. But uh, I mean, this beer right here is one of the uh, like you said, a holy grail. It was rated number one, you know, uh, on uh, Rate Beer, and I'm a beer advocate. For you know, this was like the the premium beer to try to find if you're into uh, beer trading and into trying to search out different beers. Mm-hmm. Number one beer in the world for many many years. Uh, I don't know if it's still listed as the number one beer in the world. I think it's probably one of the still one of the number one beers chased in the world. Yeah. Um, I think it's always going to be highly rated, and the reason for that is because it, it's a phenomenal beer. I mean, overall, like you can't find this level of a beer anywhere else. You can find ones that are similar yeah. in style, but, uh, again, uh, West Flutterin has their own uniqueness that they offer. And you can always tell that it's West Flutterin beer when you have it. Okay. Um, there's that same underlying kind of uh, profile that you get when you have, like a, you have a, like a set of uh, different breweries' beers, and you go, okay, I can always identify this as a St. Arnold beer. I can always identify this as, you know, um, a ingenious beer or um even a martin house beer or whatever but uh they have their own thing and you can definitely taste that in, in these beers i i would agree with you like and, and of course i'm definitely a west fletcher newbie i think this is the first time i'm having these beers but there's there's something about them even from the other trappist tales that we've had that are it's just it's more rustic but so, at the same time just more I don't know, clean if, if that makes any sense at all I got the answer to your question. Mm. Uh, West Fletcher brews three beers. They used to brew four beers. Uh, they discontinued a 6.2 dark beer okay. uh, in 1999. But the three beers still brewed is the Blonde, which is what I was saying was my favorite in the beginning. Okay. Uh, introduced in June of 1999. West Fletcher West 8, it doesn't actually say when it started... But the West D12, which is in your hand, was first introduced in 1940. Oh, cool. And this brewery is actually started, uh, was founded in uh, 1838 in Belgium. So it's only wow. two years older than uh, the West Mall. There's history in our hands. Yeah. That's pretty sick and cool. And so this, the 12 that we're drinking took a step up in alcohol content. We're at 10.2%. Did it say the style? Uh, technically, I think it falls under a quad, but I don't think that's what it's labeled as. Okay, so if this is a quad, it tastes completely different than the quad we had earlier. For sure. Yeah, like I'm not a big quad fan, but I could drink this all day long. 
it's it's very dark, it's very malty, it's very thick, but it does that. When I say thick, it doesn't have the consistency of those motor oil stouts. Yep. It's still very. I don't know how to. What's, give me give me some better adjectives here. Like it's uh, the body's not so thick on it, where it's cloying or like overly sweet. Good call. And it doesn't have that uh, that berry nut kind of. Uh, you know, uh, deer turd flavor. Yes, <laughs> there's there's almost a barley wine vibe to this thing, in my opinion. There there is more hop characteristic in this beer than we've had in the other ones, um, but the body is it's it's not as thick as a barley wine. It's still heavy, but it does it's not it's not thick. It doesn't crawl down your down your throat. It is just nice, super clean beer. Um, this one didn't have the signs of fermentation that the other one did. I don't oh, know you mean why. you're talking up the neck? Yeah, up the neck, just the like the yeast and, and and sediment that's been blasted against the sides of the bottle. That could have been improper storage. You know, uh, we don't know how many years it was stored beforehand. It had to take a journey to America. And it's been in a refrigerator since. So, yeah, it's almost got like a grapey ester, but like. I don't know the tones that they get get out of these yeast. The temperature they ferment at must be, you know, like tightly controlled or something because it's it's not over the top. Is this a, is this a is this the Lent beer? This is a good Lent beer. Is it the Lent beer? I don't know. That's so masculine. I don't know. There's so many choices out there. I'd probably have to mix it up. I'd say it'd be a Lent beer. It would be a Lent beer. I would almost say. I guess just because of the exclusivity of this beer, the the demand for it, it's it's gonna be up there. Does this beer bring you closer to God? Yeah, should I'd say you so. believe? In I'd it? say so. Yeah, or her. I mean, or it. But why have just one? You know, you gotta catch them all. <laughs> I agree. But I mean, that in itself brings you to a bigger theological debate is whether God is within you or above you and is this bringing you is this bringing you closer to your within or is this bringing you closer to with him both does it make you a better person oh that's a great question does this beer make you a better person I've said boner way less this episode than (laughs) all of the other ones combined oh so maybe (laughs) maybe this beer does make you a better person but then I'm led to believe that God doesn't approve of boners and beer in the same uh, and I can't believe that but he created them both he did create them both I I would I would I would almost I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that like this may be borderline blasphemy because I'm gonna assume the mind of God here (laughs) For a moment, but I don't. I don't think he's mad at boners and beer at the same time. The three men in a hot tub talking yeah. about boners and beer. Assuming, th- assuming I'm, both are appropriately used. I'm pretty sure that's what what God intended. I don't want to be blasphemous either, but <laughs> three dudes sitting in a hot tub talking about beer, boners, and God. I'm just saying, what, what else would you rather do on your Sunday? Well, I th- yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's something there, and, and, and I know we're being humorous, but it taps into something about just being communal and appreciating each other's experiences and sharing an experience at the same time and and drinking something amazing that brings us all together underneath the same roof uh is like how can that be wrong i don't know i think jesus would approve Mm. i'm in so this this, go ahead this is good it is good this is good very good (laughs) it is it is is malty there's this uh 
I, like I said before, like there's this raisiny, almost like prune vibe to it. I and love I the know raisin. That, I know that has like this weird connotation to it, but when it's in this beer, it is, and I keep coming back to this as well. I think I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot on this episode, but this feels like something that's meant to sustain you. That's something that's meant to fill you up and to provide an opportunity for you to, you know, uh, not only reflect, but, you know, make it through Lent, make it through your sacrifices. So we're not giving up beer for Lent? No, I, no. Mandy talked to me about that, and I was like, no, I'm not giving up beer for Lent. She's like, what are you giving up? She's like, I'm going to give up cussing. And I've been doing better. I think what it what it has turned into is like realizing actually how much I cuss <laughs> because now it's like oh crap is that what I just said and they're like, like I'm correcting myself and cussing at my self correction and it's like it's a process bigger debate though <laughs> like if if you're trying to not to say fuck as much can you say frick because at the end of the day you're still saying the same fucking thing I, do, I don't know I don't know who's freaking right that's you know? a good question I think maybe that's a stair step you know that's like the frick might be the methadone for fuck I don't know <laughs> but Fuck is a use-all word. It has so many meanings and so much history that it does. I feel like we should ca- cancel out the other words like cunt or twat. Yeah, those, those <laughs> are a little this more took, offensive. This took a weird turn on the <laughs> tail. <laughs> I mean, I think, thank you for tuning in. I think we need, I think we need a monk here to uh, help guide the conversation. That would be. That, I think that would be so much fun. Just because there their perspective on life is going to be a completely and totally different perspective than what we're at. Be like, guys, relax. Relax. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. Okay? Uh-huh. Now hum with me. <laughs> <laughs> now hum with Wait, me. so are these Gregorian monks now? Like, <laughs> no, we just, no. like, automatically... <laughs> uh, well, okay, so there is an uh, American Trappist brewery. It okay. is in, oh gosh, is it California? I don't think it was California. For some reason What's in the, my head, it was Northern name? California. Spencer. Spencer. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that. I'm going to Google it. So while you're Googling, I don't know, I'm looking at this beer. It's, this is a beautiful beer. I'm going to go ahead and rate it. And, and I'm going to go ahead, I'm go, I know I'm going another 4.0 with this beer. But for different reasons than than I did on the six, this one is the six was more rustic than this one. This is this one seems a lot more refined, um, maybe because it's been brewed since 1940. That this beer is more refined, it's more clean, it's more sophisticated. This is I can imagine being in a monastery, monastery sitting on a wooden pew. Massachusetts. It's a complete opposite side of the country. It's wow. it's just west of Boston, so obviously it was there for a reason. This oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm this beer. I don't know. I wish I had this to drink during Lent, because it, to me this would be something that on a Friday when I'm not eating meat in observance of Lent, I'm coming home and instead of dinner. I would drink a couple of these and just kind of float off into the evening and reflect and enjoy myself, my family, and who I am. 
bring your family to Thistle Draft Shop and reflect <laughs> and enjoy our fried fish for you on Fridays. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's yeah. All. What kind of fish do you have this Friday? We just did salmon. We did a fresh flown in Alaskan, I'm sorry, Icelandic cod. I had it flown in, oh, never wow. frozen for the last one. But part of it was for Lent. I mean, it's a big deal around here. So it it's is. like, let's give you all the fish y'all want. What's coming up this Friday? I don't know. Uh, uh, the decisions usually made three days before on freshness. <laughs> Literally, right. yeah, it's done yeah, on no, freshness. Cool. So uh, I might, I'll like to make it up there on Friday. You heard it here first. If you catch this episode today, Tuesday, March... Eighth? Eighth? Yeah. Jonathan Shannon's going to be in on Friday, March. Yeah, I think so. 11th or 10th or 11th. I don't know. 11th. 11th. Yeah. March 11th. Come it's, on down. Uh, you can meet the one and only Jonathan Shannon. Oh, man. It's going to be a field day at my daughter's school, and uh, she gets an early release, so it's going to be off. So whenever uh, Audrey gets off work, we might uh, go ahead and do that. That sounds really good. Hell yeah. I've been craving a lot of fish <laughs> lately, so... All right, well, we veered really far off. Sorry for constantly interrupting with um, boners, swear words, and Thistle Draft Shop. Uh, Amen. Amen. I love this beer. Uh, did you want to rate this beer? I, you, I you already wanna, did. You did. Oh, you, you said the number. What was yeah, the numerical 4. value? 4.0. 4.0. This was rated the best beer in the world in 2014. Was it really? Which, yeah, which spiked uh, its... its uh, what's the right way to say this? It, it spiked the consumer... Uh, consumption rate, right? Demand. So it, demand. It spiked the demand, so they had to reduce how much they sold. So when I told you about John getting a case per person, I think it was 2014 where they dialed it back to a six pack per person. Oh wow! So they cut it in like uh, I say in half. They cut it in two quarters. You literally can only get as quarter as what you could then. Now with the pandemic and everything else that's hit, who knows? But being literally rated the best beer in the world is one hell of a thing. And there's not one part of me that thinks that whoever made that was paid or is self-centered about beer or they made it up. Like, I, I, I 100%. That's part of that. I you never know who brewed it. Yeah, but I, I, know, I know that that rating of best beer in the world, 2014, is well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved. I'm going to give this a 4.0. Um, once again, it's got this really nice balanced dryness. You can get some caramel, some sweetness, but it has this dryness that's fantastic. Um, the raisin is what really makes it for me. So there's this this caramely raisiny taste to it, and it just makes you want more. It reminds me of a, a Renfair without it reminding me of Renfair. There's nothing in Renfair that tastes anywhere like this or how good this is. But it really, I don't know, I just like, when I taste it, I just taste good times. Yeah. I taste good people. I taste, I don't know, it tastes good people. Uh, <laughs> you know, they each their own, Tim. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> you're allowed to taste good people. Good people. 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 I know my, my East Texas accent came out a little bit. There. Hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's what all good. What do you think, good. Mr. Shannon? Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.86. Nice. Um, I think this is a phenomenal beer. Um, I can see why it's rated one of the highest beers in the world. Um, it's I don't gravitate towards these styles, so I would give, I would rate it higher, honestly. But uh, it's a fantastic beer, and nice. I really appreciate the chance to try it again. Again, thank you guys for inviting yeah. me out here to try it. Uh, you were literally the first person I called. Like no second guessing. Like immediately when I found out that Tim <laughs> wanted to do Trappist, I called John to see if I can get the beers, and then I called you to see if you'd be here to talk about it with us. Like there was no other question. Super excited about yeah. it. I, every time I've had this beer, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, it's 
probably the best one in its style. Uh, for that, I would rate it a 4.0 in, yeah. in that style. There we go. Absolutely. We got Absolutely. a 4.0 out of all. Best Only beer around. in the world, and he gave it a 3.86 <laughs> until we added amendment for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Man, you know what? Thank you for coming. I, I really appreciate your perspective. I love the conversation. Um, this was one of the one of the most fun times we've had in the hot tub. Uh, just trying something different, going back to the beginnings of beer, going back to beer that's uh, meaningful. Uh, beer that had a purpose as opposed to just something to drink and something to taste like this had meaning far more uh, far more complicated far with with far more depth than just the flavor or the way that it looked or three guys in a hot tub cha- tasting it like there, there, there was something here that 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 was uh, really exciting for this episode and if you liked what you hear if you were excited about beer as we are if you're excited about Trappist beer as we are Please make sure that you are get, hitting the link in our Instagram bio. You can find us on any podcatcher that you would like to listen to, uh, as well as a link to keep the hot tub warm. Uh, you can support us for as little as 99 cents a month for as much as... $20 a month, or you can donate to a charity. I don't know. Depends. Do you want to keep listening? In the in the, <laughs> in the interest of this beer, whatever you, uh, whatever you donate to us, you should match to charity. Uh, we don't have the money to match your donation, but you can match your own donation. Um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you give us, give us double. <laughs> yeah, give, us, give us double. Do bell. <laughs> oh, good call. And thanks again for joining us. Uh, we've also recently joined the Cross the Streams Media, uh, where we're partnered up with other podcasts. So if you're listening to this, you like what you hear, jump on, listen to Beering Ain't Easy, Three Beers in a Mic, uh, Dan Aykroyd Podcast, other podcasts that we're, uh, we're cross-promoting, they're cross-promoting us, just to kind of bring more uh, beer knowledge, more fun, and more entertainment to you, the, uh, the listening audience. Thanks again, and uh, until next time, guys, cheers, and enjoy your hot tub beers. Noise. Hot tub beers, just my friends and me.